Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. Week one of the NFL season is officially in the books, and what a sloppy, delicious, beautiful mess it was. <laughs> Today on the show, we are going to look back, uh, do just a little bit of a summary on week one of the NFL season, and then, of course, we're obviously going to look ahead to week two. Uh, we're going to do a new segment we're doing called Overreactions or Based. We're basically... That's my favorite part of week one of the NFL season is overreacting. So can't wait for that segment. But we're going to start tonight by looking at this Monday night football game that was played. Um, Broncos, Seahawks, Russell Wilson's triumphant return. He shows up in a, what was it, like a teal tuxedo? A fuck. I mean, the second he got it, the second he's wandering in the stadium with that tuxedo, like everyone should have been worried. The fuck was that? Yeah, I, I think bow tie for week one is a hell of a move. Yeah, and so he, he, he not only wears it to the game, but in the post-game press conference, and for some reason I couldn't sleep that night, I, I watched all the post-game interviews and everything, and he wore the tuxedo after the game. So I'm trying to think, like, you know, you show up to the to the game with a tuxedo on, you lose, and it's this, like, really fucking shiny turquoise uh, tuxedo, which by the way is not even Broncos colors, more Seahawks colors than anything else. And yeah. then you do the post game also with the tuxedo after a loss. Does does Russell Wilson's cringe no no end? Well, what would have been worse for you if he wore that ugly ass suit afterwards, or if he wore his Bronco like a, his his, uh, his Broncos jersey like he did to a camp earlier this year for that interview? <laughs> yeah, and we yeah, learned no, a- after a game like that, you got to go hoodie, you got to go comfortable, you got to like. I can't only imagine like. I, after I shower, like I still like like have that like that body temperature oh, where yeah. anything will make me sweat again. I can only imagine putting that suit back on and just ugh, terrible. We're uh, we're, ready, were either you guys like super surprised that the C had the twelves that came out mad booing him? Like you knew there was gonna be a light, lot of energy, but some significant boos going on, man. I kind of love it. Um, I got I gotta say I kind of love it because as a fan base, I think they appreciate what Russell Wilson did. But as a fan base, they're also like, we got to win tonight. And given the cringe that we know about Russell Wilson now, and geez, that's that's one of the things I really want to talk about with this game. Nobody likes Russell Wilson, apparently. This is, this is news to everyone. But, I mean, they, they had, a I think, a very intentional like reunion of players, like Doug Baldwin. All these guys were at the game on the sidelines. And as it turns out, Richard Sherman's been been you know ripping them all week. I think that's been longstanding. Marshawn Lynch like doesn't even want to talk about Russell Wilson. Doug Baldwin even who you, you wouldn't even know Doug Baldwin's name if it wasn't for Russell Wilson. But that was the biggest revelation. Is I know Russell Wilson is cringe, but no nobody seems to like this guy. Nobody. No, yeah. and that's not what you want your, out of your leader either. Definitely not. And and you know it's weird. This far after the Super Bowl, we get like a, a leak story from. Apparently, the most reliable source that's leaked it yet that you know he audibled to that play in the Super Bowl, so probably a lot of resentment around that. But to have that many guys who are like on a team that was outside of that one game very successful not like him, that's a big red flag for me. It really is, and at the same time, though, the guy has just been dragging them for ten years. So, man, I, I got I got to say, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a Vikings fan. Everyone knows that. Um, 
the guy, I don't care if it's Kirk Cousins, who also, like, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson are just going to battle it out for the rest of their careers for who's cringier. They're even the same age, so we have a lot of cringe to look forward to both those guys. But if Kirk Cousins, you guys know how much shit I talk about Kirk Cousins. If he ever wins my team a Super Bowl, pfft. I mean, dude, I, I, I goat players that win me fantasy championships. The day a guy fucking wins us a Super Bowl, that guy's goaded for the rest of my life. But, dude, I do kind of, I love it. They're just like, fuck it. This guy's our opponent. Boo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, down with that. I would have liked to see it more like, I mean, the first time Tom Brady came back to New England, they cheered him when he came out for, like, the like the beginning, like, the, the player introductions, and then booed him the rest of the game. Uh, I think that's probably the way to go. You talk about Seattle. <clears throat> if it was for Russell Wilson, like, Seattle, what, what have they done outside of his tenure? Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I, when talking about the cringe between Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins plays the cringe better because, Derek, I, I know you've seen this, but really what I've seen this whole offseason is Russell Wilson is going hard on this brand he's, he's building with these, you know, this whole let's ride thing, these videos. God, the cringiest video of the offseason was... Oh, that was terrible. Him faking running out of a tunnel and doing, like, miming the the uh, hand claps. Like, th- there's just no end. But he really is. Like, he... I think Russell Wilson is kind of a little bit insecure because he knows he's a dork and he's trying to rise above it. And the harder that he rises above it, like, the cringier yeah. he gets. And you know, you know yeah. who his the baby daddy of most of Sierra's kids is future. So oh. I think he's trying to be like he's trying to like get cool so he can like rub it in and it's never gonna work. Yeah, so I think Kirk Cousins. What, what, what's cooler though? Is it is Russ coming out and clapping air cooler or Dak doing his hip dance pregame? Which is cooler? That's that's the real question here. I mean, at least Dak's actually has a function. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think Kirk is just like so intrinsically just cringy like does it he, he's cringy the same way like james winston's funny like completely unintentional yeah like just everyday breathing is is for some reason cringy for that guy uh like russell wilson it feels like performative and and he's like he almost like is trying to be he has to be self-aware enough to know like dude we, we, we saw you not just walk out of that already open door like this is probably your 13th take we're aware like what are you doing yeah it's it's almost like sierra like like dolls him up and, like, at the beginning of the relationship, it was almost like he was, Sierra, oh, yeah, you know, you got divorced or, or broke up with Future. It was almost like she was trying to make the whitest human being on earth, like a, like a gangster rapper. And Russell Wilson's whole cringe era truly began when, when Sierra posted those, the, the pictures of him in cornrows. <laughs> Can I have two drugs, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. oh, it, it's just, oh, man, Russell Wilson, the guy's too much. And, hey, at, despite an absolutely awful game, and, dude, the Broncos look terrible on both sides of the ball. That, all right, so that is what surprised me the most. The play calling was awful, and the offense just looked stagnant in the first half. But how fucking bad? Was, their defense was terrible. Yeah, and that's that was supposed to be, like, the shining point for them. Uh, just like kind of carried them when they were, uh, you know, playing bad quarterback play for the last however many years. But now all of a sudden you guys can't do it when you have an, you know, all pro uh, caliber quarterback sitting in there. I mean, maybe Fangio has just been kind of masking and, and hiding what has been just kind of a mediocre defense. I thought it was mediocre last year, even talent wise, like even before they traded uh, what's his tits to the Rams. Um, I, I still thought it was. Kind of, yeah, I still thought it was kind of a, you know, Chubb. I think it's it's safe to say Chubb is that guy's a, a, almost a bust. 
Like, he's, n- he's not that good at all. Their secondary clearly is not that good. Geno was passing all over him the first half. But, but dude, Geno Smith, I mean, impressive performance. I don't think the guy can keep it up. No. no. He got the ball on time and, and you know, was very accurate, which is, is always an issue with him. Um, they were in control of that game plan for most of the game. So I, I think it's easy to stay on on schedule in that situation. As soon as they fall behind, he starts pressing. Like, he's going to unravel. It's not even going to be it's, it's going to be really ugly. The, the overreaction from next week that I cannot wait for is when Seattle beats the Niners, <laughs> held in the division after two games. Then all the fun questions really are going to start flying. Jeez, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Let's let, let's move on. And, and uh, I see you guys, uh, were the revenge games were really the storyline of the week. And the NFL kind of set up a lot of these you know, built into the schedule. Um, I guess the Baker one they couldn't even have known about uh, because, you know, Baker... Baker was traded after the schedule, but Baker saying he was going to kick the Panthers' ass. Uh, Russell Wilson obviously didn't get the, his revenge in in uh, Seattle, and then and like you said, Carson Wentz dominates his old coach and Doug Peterson. What was the biggest surprise for you guys? Well, it, ha- it has to be that not that like he played well because they are still you know a better team, but he he came out and performed. But if you told me that two of those revenge games are going to be you're going to lose that revenge game and it's going to be one to win. It, it wouldn't have been, you know, Wentz being the, the one to dominate the show. Obviously, you have to go with Russ, you know, showing out in that game. Yeah, even though Russ, I mean, I thought Russ played well, uh, but just how terrible Denver looked was really surprising to me. Uh, their scripted plays were just god-awful. I mean, if you're on the opening drive of your season and I had to look up the guy who's receiving the ball as a fantasy football player... Like, why was Beck, their second-string tight end slash H-back, scripted so many plays on the, on the first two drives? Like, it's, it's insanity. And we didn't even get Cortland Sutton, Sutton involved until, like, the third quarter. Like, yep. I don't know what they were doing. It was, it's very confusing. I think their, their first wide receiver target was, like, halfway through the second quarter. Jerry Judy, and I, he's going to have a monster season. He, he will be – he'll be, like I said, he's going to be a more talented Doug Baldwin, just crisp route runner, just more athletic, better – Russ will be uh, forcing the ball to him a lot. So fantasy owners of him should be ecstatic. I still think Sutton is a huge guy to own. Um, I, I, I think their chemistry is better, and they just started to get him into the mix. I still think Sutton's going to be a monster. I don't need to see anything else on Nathaniel Hackett. My, my, my overreaction of the week is I think that guy's a shitty coach. I think the Broncos' intention with, with hiring him was to lure Aaron Rodgers over. They didn't get him. Now you got the cringe master, Russell Wilson, and – just obvious. I mean, it wasn't just the, the final play call. And we don't even need to talk about that with the kick. It's been talked about too much. It's just the whole game script, everything. And I know the fumbles are, are bad luck plays, but the fact that they still could have won on the, on the last drive and they didn't, just the guy's just not impressive to me at all. No, and the, the one angle about that last play that I, I haven't seen as much and to me was kind of the glaring part of that is not even the mishandling of the clock and not calling the timeout and, and, and or you know, trying to go out and get the first down. Like you have one up a premier quarterback, go get the first down. That's the obvious shit. But when the ball is turned over and you mathematically can't get the football back and he's screaming at an official on the sideline about a timeout, like that just shows to me he's in over his head. So, someone made a joke that he saved his timeout so that he could ice uh, Geno Smith on his kneel downs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but he's like in that guy's ear, and you can just see the referee like rolling his eyes and like just shrugging it off. Like I can't, like twenty more seconds, and I'm done with this asshole. 
But it outside, was it was bad. Outside of the Monday game, a sloppy, just a horribly sloppy week, but yet so fucking entertaining. Like the one o'clock slate of games, it looked like it was gonna be so awful. This Steelers Bengals game, Jesus Christ. What a chaotic fucking I I it's like a Mad Max post apocalyptic just absolute just horrendous I, I don't even know what to break down in terms of how awful this game was on both sides especially from oh my from a managerial perspective the Bengals should be fucking ashamed of themselves because they could have won this game like eight times yeah they should have uh challenged that that pass to jamar chase put a little more pressure on Insane. the steelers late that was absolutely how, how does nobody on the sidelines say anything about that and and it's and it's not even it's one thing like when you're in defense and you don't get the you know they go hurry up and you don't get it off in time. You have the ball. Take the 40 seconds. Take a timeout if you have to. Like, go get that play right. It's insane that nobody, like, raised their hand and buzzed in and said, hey, we need more time to look at this. Run the clock down. Take a timeout. Like, yeah. the timeout's worth getting that call right. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. I just, to, to, and then for the Steelers, like, minus, they're plus five in the turnover ratio. Still barely win. It, it was a sloppy-ass week, and, and there was a point, in the fourth quarter, most of those games, beginning in the fourth quarter, maybe into the third, where you're looking at, like, you're watching Red Zone, you're like, man, these games suck. This week, this week is sloppy. These, you know, this is trash. Ten minutes later, there's like five close games, and it's and you just like the updates are nonstop. Wild, multiple, multiple overtimes, absolutely like, wild, just just insane. I walked away from that Bengals game after after they missed the uh, the um. I, I thought the game was over and I literally switched oh, it. Yeah. And, and you guys are like, I think Bengals, everybody did. Bengals games going into overtime after they missed the PAT. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. What blew my yeah, mind. I, I was, I was on my, on the couch hammered, uh, watching the, uh, the, uh, sub Dallas game. Part of it. I was trying to research, uh, Minka's, if you had any charities I could go donate to after that performance. What a, oh. what a monster he Dude, is, man. Jamar Chase is flicking off Minka. Like, that's fucking, that's great for the game. That's great for that rivalry. It's fucking amazing. Oh, I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing this rivalry develop. Um, the Steelers, really, I, I've never, I mean, it's just watching all my predictions about this team come to fruition. Badass defense, maybe the best. That offense is horrendous. They're going to be such a weird team to watch all year because Mitch Trubisky sucks. I mean, I, I think I think you guys already need to start considering your next options because that guy just he can't move the football. He looks exactly like he did with the Bears. But um, how much of a cardiac team is that going to be this this year, Marcus? I, I do not envy Steelers fans. It's going to be tough to watch. My my heart rate's still up from that game. Uh, I have said it numerous times. I will die young, not because of my life choices, but because of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Almost makes me wonder, like, what you guys could have done with like Jimmy G or Car- or even like Carson Wentz. Like, you just need somebody. I-, I know it's it's just adding to the mediocrity of that quarterback room, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just it's just weird, man. The, the struggles in the offensive line, struggles with play calling. Um, I'm still con- very content, with, you know, with Mitch. Great price. Uh, he-, he did his job. You know, you still have to be able to run the ball, which obviously they weren't. Uh, this is kind of what we were expecting. Force turnovers. Play great defense. Um, win games hitting the under. I mean, for Trubisky, it's got to be like flashbacks of playing with the Bears because his it, it feels like the rookie season with with Mitch Trubisky when the Bears just had a dominant defense and they couldn't do anything on offense. Um, gonna be fun yeah, to made watch. Play when it counted. So I think Joe Burrow is probably still sitting in that locker room, just staring off into the distance. I feel really bad for 
whoever has to play in the next couple weeks. I think Joe Burrow is going to come back with a vengeance. Four, what, four turnovers in the first quarter? First half, at least, right? First half, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And that's actually back-to-back seasons where the first touchdown in the game for their for the season for Pittsburgh was a make of pick six. Or right. Two, or the year before, I think it was, against Cleveland. But um, week one, here we go, guys. Colts, Texans, uh, only reason I have this highlighted, not only could the Texans, the Texans were just dominating them at the beginning. And uh, my boy Davis Mills, uh, dark horse for MVP, um, I, fucking Texans looked really good. And, of course, I knew they were going to give it up. But the Colts end up with a tie. And funniest stat of the week, that's their best starting record since 2013. They haven't won a single game since 2013. <laughs> That's good insane. Team, Colts. You, you actually have to like try to be that bad opening day for that long. That's absurd, dude. How when when is uh, when is Taylor going to get hurt this year? Because he cannot, he cannot. They cannot keep up this usage of Taylor. It's it cannot happen. Oh, not nah, who? Who knows? They they have to find something. Obviously, they got some good enough performances to kind of storm back. But you know, their last two games against a very bad Jacksonville team and a, a Houston team who's anticipated being in the bottom, you know, bottom three, four picks. Oh, one and one in the last two and nothing. A lot of questions over in Indy. Right. Vikings Packers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers looks like the oldest man in the universe. I mean, he, he just, but let's face it. It's exactly how he looked in the Saints game last year. But I, I got to tell you, I do think there is something more to this. That Saints game was cl- clearly just a aberration. Like, fucking outlier couldn't couldn't have happened if you played that game a hundred times even once but this i'm telling you dude there, there's something rotten in green bay and uh aaron Rodgers, if if that line doesn't get healthy and they don't get any of their, these receivers going like i don't even know if it was so much the vikings were that good in this game as the packers might have just been really bad yeah well honestly that uh, uh the rookie christian whoever christian that's Watson. A, that's a- yeah, that's a huge, huge like swing. A, we, we know how petty Rodgers is. He's going to lose confidence in him. You know, he definitely re- relies on chemistry and knowing the defenses. But obviously, that's a game change in play. Every all the play calls change after that. But who knows? Maybe he's really just saving everything up for Chicago to show that he owns them once more. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings' pass rush is good. Is is too good for a pair of 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 you know backup t- uh, tackles. As soon as I knew that those guys were out, like. This one's had blowout written all over it for me. Um, but to see it come to fruition and, and Rodgers be so visibly frustrated and, and not really sync up with any of the wide receivers was uh, it was interesting. I wonder how long it's going to take him to get that, that chemistry going. Yep. Did uh, did uh, Justin Jefferson have like one of the funniest comments from week one though? Like on that on that second touchdown that he got, he, he's like, "I caught the ball," and you watch him run backwards, going to like go out of bounds. He's like, "Why the fuck is nobody near me?" Like he was confused, and uh, oh man, that I I read that and I literally laughed out loud. Justin Jefferson is a cool fucking dude. Uh, that that was a guy that was not a highly touted high school guy and kind of overlooked. You know, Jamar Chase, if he could have came out the same draft as Justin Jefferson, he would have been drafted, you know, 20 picks ahead of him. Um, he just wasn't eligible. Uh, Justin Jefferson is is one of these guys you just can't help but root for. This guy came from nothing. He doesn't really have any skills that are all that incredible. He's not that fast. He All of his skills are things you had to work hard to develop. And he, he's just an amazing person, too. I, I just, I love everything about this guy. Just, I'm obsessed with him, to be honest. 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I texted you that I was daydreaming the other day um, about the, obviously the Vikings playing in Tampa for the NFC Championship, which would be absolutely insane. But, uh, you know, circling back to uh, you just being a fanboy for Kirk Cousins with a Super Bowl, what's more likely, a Kirk Cousins shrine in one of your bedrooms or uh, getting eight tattooed on you somewhere? Uh, I'd say the shrine. I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl, I'll probably do both. <laughs> All right, so we're going to step into our, our new uh, segment this week. It's called Overreaction or Based. I'm just going to make some statements. I want you guys to tell me, is this an overreaction or is this the Gen Z? And if I, we use this very tongue-in-cheek because I recently found out what this word means. Overreaction or Based. So here we go. Started off with Trey Lance will never be good. Based for me, it's based, uh, and actually, this week after that loss, you're actually starting to see, uh, um, you know, media personalities critique his lack of fundamentals and mechanics, which is what we all talked about going into the draft, and it's it's it really showed bad weather or not. You, we saw we saw um, you know Justin Fields in the same thing with way less talent, get it done. I am going to go based uh, with a caveat. I think he can be a productive fantasy quarterback. I think Shanahan will put him in situations to, to be a producer from a fantasy standpoint. But as far as leading an NFL team in real life on the field, uh, he's garbage. He's never going to be good. He looks terrible. I mean, th- there were some passes, and I know that it was monsooning out. But someone made a comment about how uh, if you look at the way that um, Justin Fields was throwing, just Justin Fields just overcame the odds in that sh- just absolutely horrific situation that was that weather. Justin Fields' throws were just cutting through the wind, and you could tell he was making adjustments from the first half, whereas Trey Lance was just still trying to throw these bullets, clearly not used to throwing in the rain or this type of wind, and God, he looks so fucking bad. He looks so bad, and I went all in on on him in fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I read or heard something somewhere that that was like his first bad weather football game. I'm sure it was, and and which is weird because, you know, he played in South Dakota. (laughs) I think they have... He, he, that's the school that has the dome up there, right? I think yeah. they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they, I mean, yeah. you know, they, they, they probably play a lot of uh, regional oh, opponents. It. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Tre- North Illinois, Southwest Tech, or whatever. Fuck For it. sure. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a bust. That's based for me. Um, and not to say that he won't be at least an average or, you know, fair, decent quarterback, but he is not going to be the, the Messiah that they were. You've been saying for that for a while. You've been yeah, saying that for a while. Yeah, so I'm, uh, and I'm, I'll stay on that mountain. I'm going to go over reaction. I still think it takes a little while to to get the stink of Urban Meyer off you. Um, I don't think they're really in a better posi- position from a coaching staff standpoint. I don't think he is. He'll be a bust for the first segment, and I think he gets a rebirth, kind of a Tannehill route. Um, but it's probably not going to be in Jacksonville. I still think he's a stud. I definitely think it's an overreaction, but I am going to say this. Um, I do think it is funny how much people just shit on Trey Lance um, and some a lot of these other rookies that were drafted last year. And Trevor Lawrence has somehow just avoided all this hate, and it's because he, he's in Jacksonville. Rest assured, if Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback for the Jets and doing the exact same things, he'd be getting just ripped mercilessly right now, 100%. Yeah, I think the average NFL fan forgets Jacksonville's in the NFL on <laughs> your, your, your average weekend. So I'm going to give you two here. Cowboys will finish last in the in the East, and Mike McCarthy will be fired this season. I was I'm actually pretty torn on this first one. Not gonna uh, not gonna lie here, but I I like Cooper Cooper Rush enough 
to have them not finish last in the East, but everyone else is surprising. Year. He beat the Vikings but, last year. Yeah, uh, so I like him. So that's an overreaction for me, as well as Mike McCarthy being fired. I think he'll get just enough leeway without Dak just for media pressure. But uh, it'd be fun to watch. So for them finishing last, I'm going to go overreaction. I still think the Redskins are, are more flawed, and I don't trust Carson Wentz at all. Um now, will be fired. Does that mean before the start of next season or is that in season? In season. In season, I'll say overreaction. I, I think he's gone the offseason, though. Fair enough. And on the, on the same on the same token, uh, Dak Prescott, dude, even before the injury, just looked awful. I mean, there's no, no getting around it. Um, Dak is overrated, not worth the contract, and an average quarterback. Oh, with, without a doubt. Everything in, on the offensive side for Dallas right now. Uh, really is overrated. Yeah, base for me. Um, by definition, I think he's he's good. He's middle of the road, but he's paid like a top you know eight quarterback, and he's just not. He's dude. The 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 whole joke that, uh, this year, this off season about Amari Cooper calling him the Black Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I think that's an insult to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is, I think, a better. I think a better player. And I'll I'll be the first to admit that I I was wrong about Dak. I, I don't think that guy's ever going to be good. I, I really don't. Um, and the fact that right when his left tackle went out this year, I was like, the Cowboys are fucked. They're done. Yeah. And it seems yeah. that seems yeah. to be the case. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a legitimate MVP candidate this year. He is, but it's an overreaction just because of the talent from the AFC. But he could be flirting with like offensive player of the year coming of like on the NFC side. But it's there's, there's a long road for uh, MVP. And you guys know how much I love some Kirk. I mean, if, if if we're calling candidate probably you know top five, I, I'd say it's based. I, I like him up in that top five group, but I don't think he's a legitimate contender to win it. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's a huge overreaction. I, I've been yeah. my, my joke all off season is Kirk Cousins because I you know you guys know how much I love Vikings or uh, any team's fan fiction, and my favorite Vikings fan fiction is that Kirk Cousins a dark horse for MVP. I do I think he's gonna have a great year, but that's it, it's too much for me. Too much for me. Yeah. By the same token, Josh Allen's already won the MVP. He's going to run away with it. Has to. I, I called that as soon as you saw him looking crazy in that Kansas City playoff game, and he got even crazier against the Rams, laughing at guys as they were hitting him and just being an asshole on the field. Uh, just give him the award now. Uh, I say overreaction. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes has a much less talented team, and the media loves him. So I think if the numbers are comparable with the with the weaker cast, um, he, he probably gets it done. Yeah, I'm going overreaction too, and and here's why: uh, they were up by 21 last week, and they were still running fucking options with Josh Allen. Um, that's scary. I'm sorry. Like if he if he just gets nicked up, like Patrick Mahomes can be a pocket quarterback. I think Josh Allen needs every bit of his. You know, he's he's a great passer, but if you take away his running ability, like let's say he sprains an ankle, like what are we going to see out of Josh Allen? Like what happens if he like hurts his shoulder and can't just bulldoze guys? He, yeah, you do not want to see that from from. It's fun to watch, but you don't want to see him playing the way he does all year. I see him get hit on his throwing shoulder a lot. I I, I counted last last week just watching him take hits on his throwing shoulder. I'm like, what are they doing? It just Cam Newton comes to mind and it, it worries me. Worries me yep. a lot. Jalen Hurts is a legitimate stud. Uh, Philly's going to win a playoff game this year. Based Philly will win a playoff game. They are they're sound. They're sound enough. They're they're doing everything that they need to with the skill sets that they have. 
Um, and it was nice to see Miles Sanders go, going back and, you know, getting in the action. But the defense is good enough. Jalen's going to be playing well all season. Great fantasy quarterback, but Philly will win a playoff game this season. Uh, base for me, too. I'm, I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I don't think he can make all the throws. I don't think he, he throws the deep out particularly well. Uh, but I think he makes enough of the throws. And he, you can tell his decision-making is getting better. He's anticipating better. The ball's getting out faster, which... A lot of times I think inaccuracy is 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 misunderstood as just bad decision making. You threw the window was there, but you're too late to it. Uh, he seems to be better on that. And that, the rest of that team is, is so sound. I think they win a playoff game as well. The Eagles are amazingly good. I, I am going to say overreaction on the Hurts part just because I watched. That, that was one of the games that I watched the most of last week. Uh, those one o'clock slots. And he still just makes these what the fuck passes. Um Listen, he, the Eagles are really, really good. Their offensive line is so ridiculous. Their defense is so insane. Their team is so good. I just wonder what Jalen Hurts would be doing if you plopped him on, like, the Jags or, like, Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like, would we even be talking about Jalen Hurts? I'm not sure we would. Um, so I do think the Eagles are that good, and I do think they will win a playoff game. I think they're probably one of the best teams in the NFC after what I saw last week. But even then, I'm like, what? they only beat the Lions by three. <laughs> So I, I'm like, I, I, I'm i all in on the Eagles at this point, not completely in on Hurts, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I think that they're definitively going to win that division. I don't think it's going to even be close. I, I would love to change my preseason predictions on that one for sure. 100%. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, let's launch into this week's, this week's games. Uh, Marcus, what's your, what's your game of the week? For me, it's got to be Miami Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore came out, got the job done. Miami, what a what a big surprise! Dominant on both ends of the uh, you know on the field against New England. Uh, but for me, it's more interesting to see how uh, Tua reacts. Um, you know how everything develops. That game for me has got to be outside of Monday night because that we'll get to that one. But uh, Sunday slate, it's going to be Miami Baltimore for me. Yeah, so with with this game, you know, it, it is really interesting. Miami, they they won last week. They sure did. But Tua still sucks. <laughs> and it's funny to me that they they can win and they can look still so so good and yet Tua still looks so fucking bad. So fucking bad. Um yeah, man. Ugh. So the Ravens are are uh three and a half point favorites. Where where are you going with that betting wise? Oh, I, I'm all over Miami, um, but I, I've, I'm actually taking Miami in some, some underdog plays. I, I like them to win outright, uh, just for as far as like balance of the whole team. Um, not really sold on Baltimore yet, but I'm probably still holding a little bit of a grudge on J.K. Dobbins. But uh, I'm taking the Dolphins. Yeah, for me, it, it's uh, I might be still in your thunder here, but it, it's Minnesota and Philly. Like I think these are there's are two teams that uh, the Vikings were really impressive last week. Uh, beat up on on the Packers, Eagles. Uh, this is kind of a litmus test for both of them. See kind of which one's the real deal. Maybe they both are. Um, but I think, you know, look down the wire and, and look ahead towards the end of the season. I think these are two teams that are going to be real, right in the thick of the things at the top of the, uh, the, uh, top of the conference. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, because the Vikings clearly have some flaws uh, that I don't think the Eagles do. I think the Eagles are so much more complete of a football team. The Vikings, I'm telling you, what got masked last week against the Packers because Aaron Rodgers just couldn't breathe. We were just attacking him. Vikings defense, elite pass rush, very mediocre secondary. I was watching 
uh, some of these plays after the game when they when they would do kind of the overhead shot and they would, you would see who was open for, open for the Packers. There was a lot of guys that were open. Aaron Rodgers just couldn't see them because their pass rush was getting to them so quickly. That's not going to be the case with the Eagles, who have a much better offensive line. Um, so I think the Eagles match up really good against us, but at the same time, I don't think Jalen Hurts is that great of a passer. So maybe the Vikings secondary can be just good enough as our as our you know pressure gets to them. This this game is tough for me. The the Eagles are two point favorites. Ugh. Where are you guys going with with, the, with this one in terms of like wh- who you're choosing? I'm I'm leaning Minnesota. Not investing much in it. The the question what what I'm having the biggest debate and struggle with in this game is over under fifty and a half. So. Uh, my heart's telling me hammer the over. It's going to go over way over, but um, Philly will be definitely, it's really about the start. Philly's going to want to have ball control. Uh, Miami's going to, Minnesota is going to want to split them out, score early and put pressure on Philly to get away from their game plan. So the first quarter is in, in, indicative, but I'm, I'm leaning over here. I could, I could be swayed either way, but I'm taking Minnesota. I think the difference here is, is, Philly at home, and and I mean, is Kirk Cousins due for a good primetime game, or is he going to be the same Kirk Cousins in primetime? Um, that, that worries me a little bit, too, on the Vikings side. This is one of those where I'm just going to say I'm going to lean home team, probably just because of home team, but if the Vikings came out, got ahead, and, and made the, the Eagles a little one-dimensional and this thing got ugly, would not be the most shocking thing that's ever happened. Yeah, so the, the uh, logical side of me says exactly like you said, Derek, just primetime Kirk Cousins. The things that everyone knocks Kirk Cousins for it they're all true and the primetime thing is very fucking true and after a full week of getting his dick sucked by Minnesota media and like the rest of the country I just wonder what Kirk Cousins is going to come out I do think the Vikings are a different team the level of prep with with KOC this guy truly is the next Sean McVay like the way that he just the way that he leads this team it's just it really is insane Um, so the logical side of me says Eagles all day long the fan side of me that said the Vikings are going to have 13 wins, I think we're going to kick their ass. Kirk Cousins, yeah. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is is the Eagles slayer. So disregarding all of my logic, I'm all in on the Vikings, just like I was all in against the Packers, and I didn't really feel good about that either. So it, I'm just going to continuously like, not feel good about these picks for the rest of the year with the Vikings. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also like a really great slate as far as having two Monday night games. Usually Beautiful. one of them sucks. Um, and it's hope more often than not the late one, but there has to be a lot of anticipation and excitement to even watch this Tennessee Buffalo game. Like, does Buffalo assert their dominance like they just did? Is Tennessee going to fucking drop another egg and uh, kind of fall far away from the team that they were last season? So uh, I'm excited for Monday night. Dude, ten point favorites. Uh, Buffalo is, and it's it's obviously Aaron. This is the best team in the NFL. It, there's there's no convince me it's not. Um, Tennessee looked like shit last year, but same exact thing happened last year. Everyone was all over Buffalo, and the fucking Titans just destroyed them last year. But I don't think this is the same team, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident taking the taking the Buffalo, Buffalo and those points. Good to know because I'm, I'm torn. I, I hate double digit games. Uh, I, I think actually double digit covers are like well under thirty percent. Um, but man, Tennessee just looks bad. There's four. 10 point or more games this, this week and there's one eight and a half that's like right there too um i i there's some big spreads for early in the season i just think this tennessee defense is mush 
And they, they, w- w- with how bad the Tennessee offensive line is looking, the Buffalo is just going to have their way with them. I, I, I think it's going to be an ass-kicking. Like, if Buffalo came, comes out like they did with the Rams, what's, what are the Titans going to do? Derrick Henry can't catch a pass. So, so uh, that's a that's a question I was just going to ready to ask. I'm I'm adamantly on team start your studs. You took them early. You have to start them. You, you know the, they're studs for a reason. This might be the one exception to that rule for me. <laughs> like if if the Tennessee Titans go behind like we think they're going to, Derrick Henry's not part of the passing game. He's just not. It's not even like oh he's a decoy or oh he's out there but they don't throw it to him. He's not on the field. So right. you can't score if you're not on the field. This is one of those games where I'm like, shit, I might bench Derrick Henry if I owned him. <laughs> and, and one more thing with Buffalo. What happens when Tredavious White comes back and plays and can, adds that other piece the to The defense them? is even oh. better. Yeah. Wow, man, scary. So I actually think this is the game of the week, personally, for me. Um, this Bucks saints game, guys, I am so excited for. Uh, if it was in Tampa, I would be considerably less excited for it. Um, but because this game is in New Orleans, oh, man. Dude, is Tom Brady about to lose his fifth game in a row to the Saints in the regular season? Like, what type of cringe are we going to see out of Jameis Winston? Like, is he planning some, like, nursery rhyme, like, pregame that we're going to see, like, in front of the... Th- this game really has it all it's with, with the history between these two teams. Um, and only a two-and-a-half-point favorite for the Bucks. I think considering the fact that the Saints lost almost lost against the Falcons last week. Like, that's a lot of respect that they're paying the, playing the Saints. Like, what do you guys think did about you, this uh, game? Did you catch that Tampa uh, injury report today? No. Offense. Uh, questionable. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, like, they're, their entire like, receiving court, Literally, right? the entire offense is questionable. Uh, so, I definitely think that probably plays a factor. Uh, you know, Vegas is kind of, you know, hedging their bet on, on how many of those guys play and, and can be successful. Um it's going to be a really good game. A little bit of a revenge game. I don't care how far removed. Like, Jameis probably still feels that animosity towards Tampa, whether he admits it or not. Fuck yeah, um, he does. I'm, I'm excited to yep. see this one. And, and I definitely think this is... This could be a game where the Saints keep it going. Keep that streak going against them at home. That building gets loud. Tons of energy in that building. And that Saints defense is really stout. Uh, the Bucks didn't look very sharp most of the game. They look well, terrible. Well, in all... Yeah, but you guys also have to remember, uh, last season, uh, Saints were actually starting to get on a nice roll. Uh, and that's when um, I think it was Quan toward uh, Jameis' ACL, knocked him out for the rest of the season, changed their entire season. So, yeah, there's a lot of extra energy going to be happening happening there. I really do like the Saints uh, to win this one. Um, you know, obviously never count on Tom Brady, but I like the Saints at home. Same. Uh, and you guys know, I or I know, Marcus, you definitely know this. Um it paid for one of our steak or half of one of our steak dinners one time. My favorite bet in all of football is because I love rooting for underdogs is my underdog money line parlays. If, if I think that there's three underdogs that I think have a legitimate chance and this, this week, my underdog money line parlay is Vikings saints and Steelers straight up. I, the, all, all dogs, all, te- all, all games. I think that these teams can win. Um, and also just kind of fun to root for. I, I'm not rooting against the Bucks, but like Derek said, they looked like shit last week, and I feel like it's not getting a lot of play because the Cowboys looked so fucking bad. But, dude, Tom, tell me that was Tom Brady you saw. 18 for 27, 212 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Like, Leonard Fournette just absolutely carried the offense, and I, I don't know. I think the Saints are just so much better on, on defense. And if Jameis can yeah. play like he played in the fourth quarter, like, it could get bad. 
So, so Godwin's expected to miss some time with that hamstring. Uh, Russell Gage is questionable with the hamstring, didn't practice. Julio Jones, questionable with the knee, didn't practice. And then uh, Mike Evans and Brashard Perriman both practiced, but were limited participants due to injury. So they have five injured receivers, one we know won't play. Right. Who are they going to throw to? Go try Detroit, to bring Ray Keller Johnson in time. Like I don't know. Add Detroit to that list too. I, I like them this week. Um, tough lot. Tough loss for them, but they're they're used to fucking tough losses. Last year was tough, tough, tough. But uh, I think they bounced back early this season. Like, shut shut down the Wentz for MVP train. I mean, there don't are mind that. there are like five double digit or close to double digit spreads this week. So it's predicted to be shitty. But I know the NFL. What, the, well, these games are going to be way closer than a lot of people think. Way closer. The one that just blows my mind is is the the Packers Bears game. Uh, Packers are nine and a half point dogs. Um, that's wild to me uh, because maybe Everflus is just a good coach and he outcoached Shanahan in a really shitty situation last week. The fu- that's the funny thing about Everflus and the Bears is because of the the weather and what we saw, we have no idea w- what the Bears even are. I still think they're a really shitty team. And I think the Packers will own them, but it kind of makes me think like, what if? What if the Packers are actually truly in trouble? What if the Everflus can coach up this defense to be just good enough to put the pressure on the Vikings just did? I, that's going to be yeah, a really it's, interesting. It's crazy for watch. a 10-point line for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anything? And uh, am, I, am I like... I'm looking through these, some of these lines. Am I crazy for thinking the Giants only getting two point or only being a two point favorite at home versus the Panthers is is crazy? Like I didn't think the Panthers looked particularly good. I think it's the same. I think that's an easy take. Take the Giants uh, to cover that. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, Absolutely. not even getting like that traditional three points from the you know, home team. Like that's that's kind of crazy. Dabble's for real. He's for real, and I I think Daniel Jones is going to hold them back all year, and they need to just move on from quarterback after this year. But geez, Saquon Barkley coming back and fucking team just came to play last week, and I think we're going to see it again this week. Yep. Yeah, that, a win like that, uh, that type of fucking emotion and trust, and just it's going it's to carry over. It's, uh, a win like that could you know mean big things for Giants even for the next month. Any yeah, other games? On a weekend of, of timid coaching and, and coaching mistakes, going for two there, you got to love that. Absolutely. Any other games you guys are kind of highlighting this week? Uh, not, not really. Uh, those are some of the more, you know, close knit tight games that I'm anxious to watch. Um, but that's pretty much it as far as the slate goes for me. Yeah. For the actual games. Yeah. There's a couple matchups I'm eyeballing from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but as far as, you know, the actual football, like that's, that's pretty much it. There's too many big spread, too many ugly games. Let's talk about fantasy just for a second. Uh, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce and CMC, uh, huge disappointments last week. Um, in particular, Cam Akers and CMC, considering where they were going in drafts, um, who do you, do you got? Are are you officially scared about any of these guys? I'm officially scared about Cam Akers just because I saw his blocking plays, and if you can't block, it's hard to get on the field, especially on third down. Uh, he was just phoning it in; like it didn't even look like it was an ability thing. It looked like he was like effort, and in week one to not be giving effort is is scary. I don't I don't think McVay is a guy who's going to tolerate that very long. Um, you're hoping CMC is just being babied and, and that those touches will get up in that 25 range. I think that's where he needs to be. Get him up in that 20, 25 range touches. I think he makes enough explosive plays that warrants you taking, you know, where you took him. Uh, and I think, I think Damian Pierce has a bad coach and, and we'll get some more carries down the road. But the Cam Makers one, just seeing the, the, the plays where he's not getting the ball are even more telling for me. 
Yeah, it's it's acres, no question. I'm with, I'm with you, Derek. Um, we we already knew, or at least expected, McCaffrey's not going to be carrying the ball 30 times a game anymore, right? Not 10, 15, maybe 20, but you know, receptions kind of balance it that way. Um, every Rams running backs hit, you know, outside of one year from Todd Gurley under McVay, they're they're scary as is. Um, but it's I'm I'm frightened with right now with Cam Akers, my whole running back core. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about with Damian Pierce, uh, Rex Burkhead, workhorse. <laughs> no, that guy, he's, hes I mean, I, I like Rex Burkhead. He's kind of a soft spot, you know, spent a lot of time in New England, but he's going to have a hamstring pull in like two weeks. Like, yeah, and There's nothing to worry about there. He's just not that guy. He can't carry the load. Like, he's a really good complimentary back. He's not a carry the load guy. No. By any means. No, not worried. All right, boys. Any final thoughts? Let's go Steelers, two and zero, baby. Everyone thought they'd be zero and five. Steelers would be four and one, five and zero. Getting ready, and thank you, thank God for TJ coming back. I am going to make a bold prediction. Um, I still think Seattle is a really fucking bad football team, uh, and if 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 uh, Denver doesn't fumble twice and they're within their five yard line, they probably dominate that game by a considerable margin. Um, this eight and a half point spread that uh, San Francisco has this week. I think that Vegas saw everything last week and they're still like, Seattle's still going to get owned this week. And I think it is true. Uh, for Trey Lance owners out there, I, I went all in on this guy and I fucking hate him as a, as a player. Trey Lance is going to have a huge game this week. I'm calling it. I, I think he's going to have 100, yard rushing, 100 yards rushing. It's at home. Hopefully the weather is not a monsoon. It's in San Francisco, so we know it won't be. Um, I think it's going to be a huge bounce back game for Trey Lance. So if you're if you have him in fantasy, I'm telling you, start him this week. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. He's still not a great gonna, quarterback, but he's going to come back. I'm going to call my shot. I think the Lions uh, beat the Commanders at home. One, one in a point. I think they're, they're going to deliver on that one and a half favorite. Not a big one, uh, but I think they show out and, and beat them pretty handily. I think Carson Wentz is old Carson Wentz in this game. Lots of turnovers. Um, I think they win by ten. Dude, Lions looked pretty good Ooh. last week. Lions looked pretty good last week. They only lost by three points to so maybe the best team in the NFC. That's that's pretty yep. damn good. All right, boys, we're out. <laughs>